Uh, Opie, can you show yourself on stream again? I miss seeing those tits. Devin Earring. You woke up to throw some hate at me, Devin. And, and what is that supposed to do? Let, let's break that down. What is that supposed to do? You do know that I openly admitted that I had bitch tits for a while, right? So it's nothing that I was trying to hide. I, I told the whole story on, on the live stream and on the OP Radio podcast. So am I supposed to get mad that you uh, that you threw that comment at me? Like, what what is supposed to happen now? Am I supposed to yell and scream? I, I, I have openly talked about just about everything possible. And I said that uh, after my second kid, I was stress eating like a mofo. Uh, I was eating Lucky Charms uh, by the box. And I gained, uh, I don't know, I gained like 10 or 15 pounds after my, my daughter was born. And, uh, and then this stupid, terrible lady from Getty Images. I'll tell the story again because I, I think you think you got me, but you didn't. Um, this terrible lady, because it's worth uh, talking about, this terrible lady from Getty Images who was hired by SiriusXM, and every time we had a celebrity come into the Opie and Anthony show, she took all the pictures, and a lot of those pictures went to a lot of national publications and all over the internet. And uh, I was slouched down on my chair with bitch tits from eating too many, too many uh, Lucky Charms after my, my daughter was born. And uh, this bitch... Uh, snapped a picture of me. She knew it was a terrible, terrible picture of me and threw it up on the old website. And uh, if you search out uh, my name, there, Devin, I'll let everyone else check it out. There you go. You search out my name, you can see a terrible picture of me where I have uh, bitch tits. Yes. But uh, I'm sorry, Devin. I'm very, very sorry to tell you that's many years ago and I haven't had bitch tits in many, many years, my friend. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're one of those guys that want to suckle on them, but that ain't going to happen. And I got myself together because that's what you do. And I don't have any uh, bitch tits anymore, my friend. Okay. So there's the story. It's like, I'm the only person that, uh, you know, had, had issues with my body. I guarantee I look way better than you, my friend. Oh, you liked uh, the word suckle? <laughs> that's what... That's what you learn when, when guys like that are so obsessed with your body. You, you just know that uh, in their heads it goes to a dark place. Of course it does. I've never, honestly, I've never really noticed what another guy look looks like. I mean, you might notice that, oh, okay, he's, this person's a little chubby or, oh, all right, this guy's in really good shape. But it's very broad strokes and you quickly move on to something else. You don't even think twice about it. So it's been my experience that guys like that are very dark, very twisted, and they got some secret fantasies going on in their head. Uh, yo, Opie, legit question. Who is Matt Eisman, and why is he such a douche towards you? He's a douche towards me because he's, he's decided to join the imaginary war that, that Anthony started. Matt Eisman is... Um, a huge Opie and Anthony fan. Is, uh, who is he again? He's on TV a lot as a, as a host. He's on that, uh, uh, isn't he one of the hosts of American Gladiator, right? No, not American Gladiator. What the hell is it called? And he came in. This is what fucking is such bullshit with these guys. So Matt uh, Eisman, I guess, I-S-E-M-A-N, he came on the Opie and Anthony show. He basically said how much of a fan he is of the show huge fan talked to me just by myself and was so 
fucking cool towards me and complimentary, all that stuff. And I felt like I was talking to a really, really nice guy and he wanted a picture, all that stuff. And then some imaginary war starts from Anthony and the guy feels like he has to take Anthony's side. So the same nice guy that I saw, the only time I met him, he couldn't have been cooler and nicer, turns around and, and is a huge hater towards me now. That, I, I don't have time for that garbage, to be completely honest with you. That's some two-faced shit. I forgot the show he's on. We watch it every once in a while. American Ninja Warrior. That's it. Thank you, Aaron Lewis. He's one of the hosts on American uh, Ninja Warrior. And I can only speak from um, experience. And there's a few other guys like that. I don't feel like mentioning another one today. But I know how they treated me when they saw me. And then behind my back start this garbage. Uh, were you able to cash out? on any of those SiriusXM stock shares after all those years. Also buy GME. Well, I don't know what GME is. Uh, Mr. George 1226 on the YouTube. Just really quickly, I used to walk home with Mel Karmazin, who was the CEO of SiriusXM. And famously one day, he told me to buy the SiriusXM stock. And I looked at him, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have said this, because damn it, the stock market is everything. And his stockholders, I go, ah, Mel, it's a penny stock. And uh, I'll tell you, I probably had a good $100,000 laying around that I could have thrown into that SiriusXM penny stock. I can only imagine what my 100000 would be worth today. I ignored him. Ah, what does he know? Uh, today, Opie, that 100000 would be $11.7 million. Please don't say that, Lou. Did you do some quick math on that? And if that's true, I hope everyone just starts laughing at me. He told me it was like I, I don't I would say it was man, I don't even think it was 25 cents a share. It was a penny stock. Do you think my hundred thousand would be a, worth eleven eleven point seven million now? <gasps> it's five dollars ish a share now. Yeah, that's that would be a huge return. This guy is just spamming, so can I, I'll just answer. Oh, what are your thoughts regarding Anthony Cumia? Do you respect him? I, I have. I, I'm trying to get to a a place where it's just indifference, my friend. Just indifference, and then maybe someday I can look back fondly on what we did on the radio. Okay, so could you please stop spamming the chat? I'd appreciate it. Brian Parnas, what's going on? Uh, Sirius XM seriously underestimated ONA. Yeah, we. Um, I'll be honest, they paid us well, but we we brought in um, stupid money for SiriusXM, like ridiculous money, hundreds of millions of dollars. I would say in our run at SiriusXM, we possibly brought in over a billion dollars. I, I would really have to sit down and do the math. And they, they paid us well, but we could have probably should have been paid five times what we were being paid. And we never, ever fit in with uh, Sirius. Because of our history with Howard Stern, we always went at it with Howard because we didn't want to be the next show that he just destroyed. So we're like, fuck that, man. You know, if he's going to attempt to uh, destroy us, it's going to be a huge fight. And uh, we were protecting ourselves and our brand. And then you fast forward. Uh, he's working for Sirius. We're working for XM. We're still going at it. Uh, just being huge pains in the asses to Howard Stern and Sirius serious and then uh and then mel carmerson did the impossible they said there's no way you could uh, merge these two companies it's against the law and i remember being on the long island railroad um 
taking a train to Huntington and listening and to some kind of, uh, I don't know, stockholders call or something that I was privy to. And it went down. I'm like, oh, we just did the impossible. So then they moved us over to the big serious uh, facility in Midtown Manhattan. I know Anthony would agree with this as well. They, they we were we were odd men out. We were bringing in a lot of money for the company, but we didn't belong to the serious culture. And it was so obvious. And I knew, I knew as soon as our audience started dwindling, that they would destroy us. And and that's exactly what happened. Because if we were working for any other company, either I would still be with them, Anthony would still be with them, or both of us would still be with them doing some kind of uh, show, maybe not a full-time show. They never officially liked us, but they understood we brought in a lot of money. And they knew as soon as that audience dwindled, they would just totally destroy uh, the show. Uh, and, of course, we, we also uh, destroyed ourselves as well. But there was enough there where we probably could have kept the brand going you did not bring in hundreds of millions of advertising dollars email one i'm talking email I, I gotta get rid of this guy i'm trying not to block people but you're just spamming with garbage man i i got it hold on i'm sure he'll just come back with another stupid account but i didn't say i didn't say uh all that money came in from advertisers although anyone that was a fan of the opie and anthony show at, at satellite radio you you remember all the live reads we had. It was unbelievable. Me and Anthony just going back and forth. I, I remember going to like Travis or E-Rock or any of those guys. I'm like, how many live reads for the next stop set? He's like, you got eight. I'm like, eight or eight an hour or whatever the hell it was. I don't have the exact numbers. Uh, no, we brought in like probably over a billion dollars from subscribers. And then on top of it, the uh, the advertising dollars were great. Thank you, Vincent Scaramuzzo. Live reads were insanely long. Yeah, because then you felt like every advertiser deserved a little extra. We would have live read after live read. It was crazy. I remember some days the whole show was just based on getting all the live reads done, especially around the holidays, uh, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day. It was, it was crazy, man. And then we're like, we're telling uh, our listeners, you know, don't buy chocolate for Valentine's Day. That's stupid. Buy flowers. And then the next advertiser is telling everyone, don't buy flowers. That's stupid. Get our chocolates. And then another company's like, flowers and chocolates are stupid. Get this gold-dipped rose. And then the other advertiser's like, all that's nonsense. Get a damn teddy bear. And we made it work. I remember going in and, and I go, all right, so how many we got today? And, and the number would be ridiculous. And I remember sitting there going, this whole show is just making sure that we do all these live reads properly. Yeah, Sherry's berries. And then it's like, no, yeah, chocolate's stupid unless it's uh, covering a juicy strawberry. And then people would call us out like, uh, you just said flowers are stupid and now you're saying we should buy flowers? And I'm like, all right, shut up, dude. You're going to ruin it. <laughs> I'd rather have a squatty potty than a gold-dipped rose, Jed Ferris says. That squatty potty really works. God, you get those knees off the ground, man. Cleanup is a lot less. <laughs> I think my brother-in-law sent me a squatty potty and I was insulted. Maybe because it was for Christmas. Nah, just, I'm just fucking with him. He's probably watching this right now. 
But then it turned out to be one of my favorite gifts ever. I'm like, I get it. I get the squatty potty. This is awesome. Uh, uh, oh my God. The ONA questions. The Opie and Anthony show isn't, uh, is not important to me uh, anymore. I'm sorry. I know it means the world to the fans, and I appreciate that immensely. But I have fun just doing this. And you might go to yourself, this? And I would go, yes, this. Do you think if the show was still as popular as it was in its heyday that, that I would be gone from Sirius, Anthony would be gone from Sirius, both of us would be gone from Sirius? The only reason they kept Jim was to just try to keep as many subscribers from the ONA days uh, going as possible. And their time is coming to an end, I guarantee you, because I know how that company works. They fucking hated us. They always did. Which made going uh, to work every day uh, weird on so many levels. I'll speak for my... No, well, I do know. Uh, didn't like us. Because the amount of bitching they did about Anthony behind closed doors. Uh, a story from a uh, story for another day. And I'm certainly... They, they weren't fans of mine either. And then I, I don't get along with the guy that I'm doing the show with. But if we were still making money, they're, they're greedy apps. They don't have any morals. If they had morals, they would have got rid of Howard for those blackface bits from back in the day because everyone else was getting canceled. The only reason that wasn't a big deal because they know how much money he brings in. That's all that's about. You bring in enough money for a company, they, they don't have the morals. They'll make believe, but they don't have it. And then this guy doesn't even listen to what I just said. David C., who needs serious? Opie, any thoughts on doing a podcast with Anthony at some point? Oh, my God. What the? Who the? What the? Who the? What the? All right. It's, you know what, Sanctuary of Geeks? Let me go back. He goes, sorry, Opie. He's got crying face. Just ONA got me through a lot. Helped me with confidence issues and bullying. Started standing up to myself because of you guys. I like... I do like what you do now. It's it's honestly, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I understand how important the Opie and Anthony show uh, still is to people. I mean, there are like people, new fans from all over the world that I hear from on a pretty regular basis. But the show that uh, people fell in love with, uh, I, I, that, that show's gone. But thank God we got years and years of material out there. So it, I'm not mad that, that people loved what we did and what that show was. I just get frustrated by the fact that it was pretty obvious to a lot of people that that show kind of went bye-bye and became a very, very different thing. So so I don't, want to, I don't want you to be confused by that. It warms my heart that it was part of a show that was so popular and so important to people. But, uh, you know, things change. Life changes. People change. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we changed in very, very different directions, which would absolutely make it uh, very, very hard. And then there was a lot of bad blood and a lot of terrible things said. I will still hold uh, to the point that uh, way more on his side than mine. And it makes it very, very tough. I just want to enjoy uh, my life. I want to enjoy what I love to do, which is this still. And that's that. Uh, there was a red carnal that was on my railing. I was going to move my iPad, and just as I was going to pick it up, it flew away. But and he's right over there, but I don't think uh, – nah, he's going to fly away. It's going to be hard to see. He's in the distance now. We have a fucking red carnal that just hangs out at our house. 
And Jim Brewer swears, Newcomb, I got to get Jim Brewer on the live stream. Uh, Jim Brewer swears that when his uh, father died, his uh, father was visiting him as a red cardinal. He, he believes in that shit. And then I looked it up, and then some people believe, like, the red cardinals is like a visitor from the other side. And it doesn't help that the stupid red cardinal looks like Carl Ruiz. Look it up. But even my wife is freaked out by this thing because it'll be right up against our windows sometimes. And, and, and she'll go, the, the Cardinals back. And in winter, especially out here, you only get those shitty sparrows and not many of those either. Those just shitty, boring, brown, gray sparrows. And all the birds with colors like uh, the Orioles and the Blue Jays and the Cardinals and other birds, but I don't know what they are. They only start coming around in uh, spring and summer. So it's so weird that this one red cardinal has just been hanging out all winter like that. Uh, David C., I love Brewer, but that is nonsense. No, the cardinal was not his father's soul. How do you know, David C.? I have surrendered to what I know. I think as human beings, and when you start thinking about the universe and the possibilities you start realizing, and it's a complete bummer, that humans don't know shit. Brian Regan on his Netflix special, he was talking about how scientists, they say, if we got a probe and just shot it into uh, space to you know leave our galaxy and just keep going and going and going, scientists say, this blew my mind, I hope I get it right, Scientists say that's a waste of time because in a hundred years, the technology we'll have to, to uh, launch a probe into outer space will pass the probe that we sent that way a hundred years prior. My mind went, it's just a thought experiment. We can only go so fast, Taylor Rogers say is. We can only go so fast. Is that what you're thinking? Where are you from, Taylor Rogers? Now I got to look up that thing on the internet where they basically said stuff like, if man goes faster than 20 miles an hour, he surely will explode. Or whatever the hell that was. You, you guys have probably seen that online. All the dumb stuff that humans said uh, before us that we proved to be BS. So that goes back to my thought that we don't know shit. You don't know what happens. No one does till you die. I think you continue. People are like, what? Here's the downside. I think you continue in a way that would never make you satisfied as you sit on earth as a human being. But I think you continue in some weird ass way that only makes sense to the universe and not the human brain. You're not living your life on a goddamn cloud with all your relatives. But uh, science can't really explain consciousness still. And uh, a lot of scientists would tell you that uh, you can't really um, get rid of energy in general. And it's a known fact that we all got a little energy in us. So I do believe now that uh, we do continue but not in the way we want to continue. That's what sucks. Some say the soul moves on. And then I'm like, and then that reincarnation scares me. Because I, I, I had a good life. 
in this body and then what reincarnation and then all of a sudden you're thrown into a, another life form that's way less than your current life form i don't like that i had a i had a cable issue i went on i i did the 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 stupid thing and i actually tried calling customer service <laughs> and uh my uh my issue did not get solved uh i've had cable boxes just go out and probably because i've had the same cable boxes for seven years right so they mail the first two they're like here you go here's your replacement boxes just send the other ones back no problem then i had a couple more cable boxes go out and they're like oh we see here we see here on the screen that we can't send you any more cable boxes i'm sorry you're gonna have to drive to uh uh one of these cable outlet places and get your own cable boxes switched out so I begrudgingly went there. So I walk into the place. I go, hey, I got uh, two cable boxes here that I got to I got to get two new cable boxes. But in the back of my head, I'm ready for a fight. I'm just ready because everything is a problem. So I went in ready for a fight because everything is just a fight. Nothing's easy. And uh, to my amazement, the, the lady behind the counter was beyond beyond cool she asked for my name and my account number or my phone number because i don't know any account numbers can i have your account number uh, uh, uh. how about your phone number oh i got that so i gave her the phone number my my uh, account pops up on the screen she goes oh okay so you're returning two boxes you got a total of four okay let me go get the brand new boxes for you long story short the exchange was was fantastic. I, I I didn't know what to do by with myself. I started looking around like, I I I I need to buy this woman flowers or something. She made it so nice and easy. And then I leaned in. Who else is a lean inner? Because you don't want other people to hear. I leaned in and I go, hey, look, I gotta ask you something. What's up with the customer service with your cable company? She goes, oh, don't even get me started. And I'm like, uh-oh, she's going to defend the company. And know what she did? She leaned back in towards me. So now we're having one of those lean-in conversations, with, which are beautiful, because now you're going to hear exactly what the person thinks. She goes, I got to tell you, I work for this company. As you know, I got a customer ID number and i uh and i had a problem and they didn't help my issue and i too had to wait on the on the phone for hours to take care of my cable issue and i worked for the company and they gave me no privilege i'm like oh my god that's just crazy and then i'm like when's the baby due and she goes oh oh wow uh uh, and then she said something like June 1st. And then she starts telling me how she's got twins. And then uh, she's also pregnant with twins, but she lost one of the babies. I'm like, oh, my God, that's horrific. And she goes, no, it's okay, though. We feel blessed that we're going to have a, a, another kid. And I'm like, what? This is too much information. I just wanted to return my cable boxes. And then I'm like, I'm going to come back and just visit you because you're like one of the nice ones out there. So. I know John Doe. I, I, yeah, John Doe writes, but I'm not pregnant. I know. I risked. I, I, I was feeling so good about our conversation. I risked it. I was like, ah, I, I said, uh, you know, what, what do you do or whatever? And thank God she was pregnant.
I'm not going to lie to you. It could have went either way, if you know what I mean. And uh, this goes back to the cable thing. We wanted to watch that Tom and Jerry. And uh, you can watch it on the HBO Max, right? And uh, all of a sudden, they asked for our password. <laughs> Me and my wife are just staring at each other. I don't know my fucking password. This is my cable in my home. Why do I need a password? Everything is so complicated. And then they make it impossible to remember your password because, you know, you're like, okay, I'll have the same password for everything. It'll be so weird and unusual that, you know, I don't think a hacker will actually get my password. And then all of a sudden these companies have to do the, well, when you make your password, it's got to be at least nine letters or symbols. You got to have at least one capital letter in there. You got to have something that's not a letter. Then you have to have some lowercase stuff and a few numbers. You're like, well, how the fuck am I ever going to remember that? <sighs> I'm not sure if I agree with the uh, minimum wage going up. Oh, my God, you can't say that in this day and age. I'll tell you why. I talked to Carl about that. And uh, here's the problem. Like, you can't fo force small business. Well, you can force small businesses uh, to, to pay their workers a higher rate, a higher minimum wage. Of course you could do that if it's, uh, it's going to be the law. But uh, on the other side of the coin, um, Carl talked about this. He knows the restaurant business. And he said, dude, the problem with, uh, you know, these, these smaller restaurants, restaurants excuse me, and, and businesses, they can't afford to pay all their employees a higher minimum wage. So what you're going to have is more of those kiosks where people could just order their food and whatnot without dealing with a, with a person that's going to be a pain in the ass, is going to need vacation days, and I got to take a sick day, and I need my health insurance, and I need a better minimum wage. Carl's like, a lot of these smaller places simply won't deal with that. And what's going to happen is the people that are fortunate enough to keep their jobs, yeah, they'll, they'll have a higher minimum wage, but a whole bunch of people will lose their jobs because uh, they just simply can't afford to pay that. And that's the other side of it. But you got these politicians down in Washington that are just completely out of touch with how the world works. They just assume that you could force every small business to, to pay their employees more. And that just simply will mean it. Just do the math. That simply means a bunch of these businesses will go, well, you got to go. You got to go. Sorry. And uh, and they'll figure out other ways to, to get those jobs done in their business. Half the staff. There you go. Yeah, of course it's already uh, happening. You know, when me and Carl would walk around uh, New York City after doing podcasts and stuff, you know, Carl was always taking me some new place. And it was just awesome. And he would point out, look. See, more kiosks, see? See, no, no uh, less human reaction in here. We just go up to this kiosk, we punch in our order, we go over there, and next thing you know, they give us the food. You know, you've been in the, the fast food joints. I think it's kind of beautiful, though. You just walk up to one of those things and order everything. So minimum wage hasn't kept up with inflation, though. I, I, I Chuck, I understand. I, I feel like people should be paid more money, trust me. But when you're looking at the whole issue... That's the other side of it that, you know, employers are having a real tough time 
making ends meet by uh, by paying um, their workers, you know, more money. You know, the margins on owning a uh, restaurant. I'm sure there's a few restaurant owners out there. Is is razor thin. You walk into your favorite restaurant and you're in your hometown and you think they're just killing it, man. A couple bad winter storms, obviously the coronavirus, and and they're wiped out. They're wiped. They're they're living month to month, and most restaurants uh, fail. I forget what the the percentage is, but it's like I don't know. I was just going to give a stupid number. I don't know, but it's it's certainly over fifty percent. Over fifty percent of it uh, of all restaurants ab- absolutely fail. Okay, that's disgusting. My, my dog is licking my uh, my plumber's crack. All right, that's disgusting. Go get a chew toy. Dogs do stuff, and you're like, dude, what the hell is that about? I mean, they were all licking each other's, uh, uh, well, I got to just say it. They were all licking each other's penises on the beach yesterday. My dog, the two poodles, and then there was a golden retriever that uh, came wandering over. Next thing you know, uh, one of the people said, dog pile, and we're all laughing, and then... uh, you know, we awkwardly all had to stand there as uh, our our male dogs were were all licking each other's, you know, peepees. <laughs> Tim, McC- hey Tim McConnell, I'm not sure if I've seen your name in a bit. Lisa Connor, how are you? Reed Callahan, you're you look uh, kind of new. Rachel, of course, up there in Minnesota, saying good morning, doggy. Hi, doggy. I gave him one of those um, roadkill treats, the last one in the bag, thank God, because even just taking the damn thing out of the bag, it, it oof, oof. I'll, I'll be nice. It's, it reminds me of uh, ah, maybe my sophomore year at Geneseo. <sighs> Fredo's brother's a piece of shit. Oh, my God, Doug Stagora going after the Cuomo. But this is what pisses me off. Cuomo, can I kiss you? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Just seems like a guy that's trying to get something done. But I guess you can't really get something done at the workplace. I think that's a huge no-no, um, which is a little weird to me. I'm not going to lie to you. This is the difference between uh, people my age and the younger generation. Like, it's unfathomable, unfathomable, excuse me, to uh, try to pick up chicks at the workplace. But back in the day, uh, wow, it was it was one big happy hour at work. You would get work done, and every chance you got, you were flirting with somebody. That's just how it was. I know the unwelcomed uh, advances and stuff. I get it, but in general. Uh, Guys were flirting with the girls. The girls were flirting with the guys. And uh, there were a lot of happy hours. But now with this new generation, that is a massive no-no. I see Cuomo as maybe an old school guy that goes back a bit. The problem is he's the governor and he's trying to pick up chicks uh, in his office. (laughs) You know, the times have changed. There are companies actually where you have to like... uh, sign paperwork that that uh, you won't date anybody at, at work. 
they go as far as uh, as that for some of these companies where you actually got to sign paperwork basically saying, look, you you will not date anyone else from this workplace. But what if you legit fall in love with somebody? Then what? You got to quit your job just to fall in love? Uh, yeah, work parties were crazy hookups. This guy said he got blank in the parking lot of your job back in the day. Oh, yeah, the nipple rings. Yeah, I, I tweeted uh, that the nipple ring should have gave it away. Cuomo and his nipple rings poking through his tight shirts. Oh, Rachel. Okay, Rachel up there in Minnesota. Uh, my company does that, but it doesn't stop everyone from hooking up. So your company basically uh, tells everyone they can't really date anyone from the from the company, but they do it anyway. Yes. Yeah, I'm just here to say that ah, times have changed. The Christmas parties were out of hand. Um Every job I had on Friday, you were basically going a happy hour with um, everybody from work. And that just led to some naughty, naughty things, don't you think? You weren't just pounding drinks at a happy hour with your fellow uh, workers and then going, okay, well, I'm going to go now. You know, you were trying to get something done. As long as it was on the up and up, right? I'm talking about all the up and ups. But now that's a massive no-no. So, oh, look at Al Richard Richardson. Hey, buddy. I effed around with an HR manager in the old McCann's on 33rd Street. Are you insane? The HR manager was the one that was getting you in trouble for maybe dating somebody from the office. And you went right to the top on that. Wow. Biden sniffs kids. A stoned Mexican guy wants everybody to know. I don't even think that stuff is creepy, to be honest with you. One of my videos, I did post it on my YouTube channel. It does stupid numbers, but I think he's just an old school guy. I really do. I don't think he's into sniffing kids for pleasure. Uh, let's see. Wayne Buatkins. Hey, Wayne. Uh, no, the HR managers everywhere I used to work with, were, with excuse me, were the biggest pervs. No kidding. That, that makes sense, though, right? It, it's my theory about doctors, so I think the same theory can be true with uh, human resource uh, people. If they're the ones exploring all the uh, the naughtiness that goes on at the office, it, it might be their kink. They might really like hearing about the naughtiness that's going on around the office. It's kind of like when you go to medical school and you choose to be, uh, ah, let's just say an ass doctor, I think you really are into the ass, and you found a way to to uh, make money professionally and, and and keep everything on the up and up. But you also get to kind of explore your uh, your kink. <laughs> I mean, this is. I mean, I think every foot doctor is a, is a is a you know he's into the foot fetish, right? I think if you're going into plastic surgery and you're like, oh, my God, I get to see women's boobs every day. That's uh, that's not a bad thing. Male gynecologist. Come on. Come on. Urologists have to be bisexual. <laughs> Chuckling says. I, don't know. I mean, these are all thoughts. But the doctor thing, I've always thought that. I'm like, why would you go into a profession where you're looking at feet all day unless you like feet? And then someone says, you know, what kind of uh, 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 patients come in, the old people with the, the, you know, all sorts of problems with their feet. Yeah, but you're just sitting there waiting for the, the really nice feet to come in.
you're willing you're willing to deal with all the other stuff knowing that right around the corner a perfect foot uh, could be coming in with a dumb ward on it that has to be burned off think the same thing for uh you know your gynecologist because i've had this rap for many years and people would call the show and say yeah but they you know there's old ladies coming in the office and stuff and then i'm like yeah but they also know in the back of their head there's somebody coming in for their first appointment ever and they and they know in advance that day is coming i still want to know the story about the woman on the beach uh free dumb fighter 29 are, are we getting along free dumb fighter 29 i think we are right uh, I, I ran into a real-life Karen, and man, you see all these videos online, and then when it happens to you, you're like, wow, this is pretty amazing. But as you can see, the beach, um, day after day, morning after morning, you're not going to see many people walking this beach. Now, there's a, a, a leash law out here for dogs, um, and no one really follows it. And for the most part, except for that dog that uh, was choking out my dog the other day, uh, you don't really have any problems with uh, the dog owners. We're all respectful because it's our beach, you know. We we try to clean up the poop. Uh, I'm back to cleaning up my poop now that that uh, that windstorm is gone. But that windstorm did a great job pulverizing a lot of dog poop. Oh my goodness! So I'm out there a few days ago. It's just me and Doggy, and the sun's going down. And I see in the distance this lady just marching toward me aggressively. She wanted a problem. And I don't understand this because you know, I talk about like I'm an older guy now. You, you just didn't do stuff like that when, when we were growing up because you never knew if someone was going to just, you know, take out your teeth. But nowadays, everybody is brave and everybody's looking for a confrontation. So it's me and Doggy and her. And the beach is really wide. So if she was worried about my dog, right? She could have easily just kind of walked differently and there would have been no confrontation whatsoever. But as I'm watching her come toward me, I'm like, I think this, I think this woman wants a confrontation. She's has a beeline right towards me and actually adjusted her path a bit. So my dog, he's only a, uh, he's only a, uh, a puppy. So, you know, when he sees another dog or a person, he wants to explore. And uh, so he runs after her. He's not going to bite her or anything like that, but he definitely might uh, kind of like get a bit too close. So I do the right thing. I go right up to her right away, but I already knew there was something not right about this lady. She goes, can you get your dog? And, and she's moving her hands, right? And any dog owners out there know if, as soon as you start being a little aggressive with your voice or your hands, it, the dog just simply thinks, oh, you want to play. So now the dog is like kind of jumping not officially on her, but doing circles around her and jumping up and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then she's like, you know, there's a leash law out here. And I'm like, oh, uh, okay. I go, lady, I don't want to deal with that right now. I'm trying to get the dog for you, you know. And she goes, I'm pregnant and I don't want to be dealing with this. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, you know. And it, this goes on for another minute or so. Uh, now I just simply can't get the dog because she's carrying on so much. My dog is just like, this is playtime. And I even told her, I go, we just stand still and, and, and calm down and I'll be able to get the dog. And she's like, you calm down. <laughs> it's just me, her, and a dog on the beach. One person, one person. 
The only person that I that I saw that day, of course, had to have a problem. And I'm like, I'm telling you, with you moving your hands around and raising your voice, it, it makes this very problematic. Well, you know, there's a leash law. I'm like, I'm not dealing with that right now. So I finally kind of get the dog away from her. And now I'm trying to like kind of, you know, uh, grab his collar so she could walk on, trying to do the right thing. I turn around. She's taking pictures of me and the dog. I go, did you just take my picture? Now I'm red hot. Now I'm red hot. But here's the problem. I got the dog. I want to go up to her and just have, you know, a conversation. I'm like, did you just take my picture and my dog's picture? I go, ew, like that. Now she's really annoyed. So now she's dramatically putting the camera back up and taking pictures or video. She goes, I got the police on speed dial. And I go, so do I. We all do. <laughs> we're in a tiny little, I, is it an enclave? We're, we're in a tiny little area. We all have the police on speed dial. So she just marches away and then I'm seething. I'm so mad. And then I'm thinking like, I swear I was thinking, just let the dog go again. But to be honest with you, she's pregnant. That's not the baby's fault. So, but my, my thought was just let the dog go and let it bother her some more. But she was taking my picture. I'm like, what are you doing? There's no one out here. And then, oh, the best part of the story. So she marches off and I just, I yelled to her, hey, what about, because at this point, I forgot about this part of the story. At this point, there was another guy or, or a woman, I couldn't tell, that were on the shoreline. So, you know, uh, down near the water, obviously, with two dogs. I go, hey, are you going to bother them about the leash law? And then she just starts stomping in the sand, <laughs> marching away. I couldn't get through one afternoon. I, I, I only had one shot, one person one person that I had to interact with. And of course it was an issue. Of course it was. Should have kicked sand in her face. I mean, the fact was, you know, she, she was, she, uh, she's pregnant and uh, she looks miserable. It was a Karen alert all the way. Um, and I was frustrated because I had a decision to make because I, I wanted to get my phone out and start videotaping her very dramatically. It would have drove her nuts. But then I'm like, I can't really do this because I'm trying to hold on to the dog. And he's still trying to get at her because he, he really thinks she just wants to play. He doesn't know. He doesn't know this shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to walk away without um, doing a little something something. Because I also had the police on speed dial. <sighs> Boo 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 bo